Welcome to day 8,888 in quarantine. (laughs) I hope you guys are doing okay. Um, That's really what this, everything I do is like, okay, I I got okay. I have some optimism. I have some good good juju. I can put it out into the world and I put it out into the world and then I go hermit. Um, And that's how it is. I think it is for all of us. Welcome to Meathead Hippie. I am so happy you are here. I am so grateful to be able to deliver this type of stuff like we're going to talk about today through formats like podcasts. I mean, when you just think of how connected we all are, it really does make this cheesy line of we are better together a little bit more like, yeah, actually we are. And so I appreciate you being here. If you're a new listener or if you haven't been here yet, I am Emily Schramm. I am a trainer, coach, nutritional therapy practitioner. I just wrote a book, The Process, um, entrepreneur. But honestly, I look at my bio and I'm just like, right now it's irrelevant. We're just humans. We are literally just human to human trying to figure out who we are in this new world, what our contributions are, um, what we need In in a world where everything is put on pause. You know, in my book, I talk about do, feel, know, make. And we have no way to really do that much. Surprisingly, actually, we do. I mean, when you look at our day-to-day, it kind of flies by and we look at our screen time or our Netflix usage. So there are ways we can do, but this is all about learning how to feel. And that's an annoying term for a lot of people because it's like, ugh. I don't know how to tap into that. I don't know what to do. I don't even know what that means. I, Emily, what you're saying is going straight over my head. Um, I don't know the menu to what my needs are. And that was something that really resonated with me a few years ago. It was just like, I've always been operating at a certain speed. I don't know how to slow down. I don't know what it looks like to say, this is what I need right now. This is the emotion I feel right now. And I've been talking about this a lot in my Facebook group. So if you're in my Facebook group, join. But it's really just this understanding that we are all kind of retraining, relearning, redefining who we are and the way that we have to do that and the way that my guest today is going to really tap into in a just a beautiful, amazing way is that the only way to define who you are or where you're going is by almost stripping down the stories that created the person you are today. And that is terrifying and hard, but what it does um, is radically change your life. It shifts you. And it's terrifying and hard because it requires you to be still. It requires you to have space and boundaries. And I feel like now more than ever, you know, it's not necessarily this raw, raw self-development. It's, you know what? This is the chance. This is the chance where even if it's 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something, listening to this podcast, right? These times that you are saying and making these choices to say, okay, I could choose this, but I'm choosing this. Those little tiny, those little tiny decisions are what allows this world to open up for you. And so if um, you feel really far away from bliss, if you feel really far away from your purpose, if you feel really far away from where you are going, I challenge you to take the time to look at this podcast as a entryway, as a doorway into what could be. And the most beautiful thing about this with Alicia Miller is we, I found her in the perfect time a few months back and just our brief encounters have done that for me. Just little pokes that are like, oh my gosh, yes. 
And the best part about this is this whole story that you're going to hear and her, her journey and my journey and all of this, um, it's kind of like a what now thing. And Alicia offered a free meditation, one that's included in her online programs in Empress. So Empress is the monthly publication. I launch it on the first of every month. This is our stay at home edition. It is so packed, you guys. It's incredible. It's $25. $5 goes to Grow House, which is a nonprofit indoor food farm in Denver. That was my last podcast. You can learn all about food accessibility and food scarcity and what that really even means. Um, we have classes like Afro dance and a writing workshop with Victoria Erickson, who is one of my favorite poets. We have full access to the virtual studio of platform strength, my gym in Denver. And so through Empress and through your support, not only am I able to help bring on these amazing contributors in sharing their story, but I also am able to keep paying my coaches. And that's something, you know, when I look at this responsibility of a business owner and, taking care of my people. Um, I, I have a very strong duty and role in this world to take care of people. And it's just something that really resonates with me. So I am taking care of people by this publication that I'm so proud of, and I cannot wait for you to download, but I'm also taking care of people by, through your support, able to pay people financially. And that's just very important to me. So I highly recommend looking at it. It's thisisempress.com. It's a brand new website. April's edition is live, instant download. So as soon as you purchase, you'll get a download and go straight to Alicia Miller's page and then click and you'll be taken to her meditation, her online um, inner child meditation. Okay. Alicia Miller, she is the founder of Core Emotional Healing. She's a certified holistic health coach. She's a certified journaling facilitator and a candida expert. Um, so after 10 years of intensive training, personal healing, and really tapping into her intuition and empath, empathness, her empathetic ways, um, she's just truly a teacher and a healer, and she has put it all through her programs, aliciamiller.com. You're going to hear all about her story today, and I cannot wait to hear what you think. As soon as you're done with this, spend some time, take some time, find 30 minutes to an hour of taking that extra step and doing that meditation that she offered in Empress. And then go follow her on all her things, aliciamiller.com. All right. Enjoy the show. Stay safe. I'm thinking, thinking of you guys so much. I'm going to go hermit a little bit so that I can keep being inspired and feeling these bursts of optimism that I hope are helping you get through this. All the love. <laughs> I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate meathead hippie. Welcome to the show. All right, Alicia, we are live on Meathead Hippie Podcast. I am so honored to have you on this podcast. You were just so amazing. And this is so perfect. You were just saying how perfect of a time it is to do the work that you do. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Em. I am so excited to be here and honored to be a guest on your podcast. And yes, it's such the perfect time to be talking about how we can take care of ourselves uh, during this time and moving forward. You know, we're, we're going through a major uh, inner <laughs> experience right now. Everyone is forced to go inwards. Um, and if they're doing it 
in a conscious way or not, you know, I'll have the opportunity to use this time to uh, learn how to take care of our true needs. And I mean, that's how I found you was understanding, well, you helped me kind of, and are still helping me understand some of this quote unquote inner work that we hear a lot. And the way you've put it together and kind of explained so much. And one example of that is, you know, meditation, how important it is, but you reminding people that meditation is kind of still disassociation and kind of outwardly going. Um, so what is the inner work we're doing, which leads me to our topic, which is inner child work, um, a topic that I kind of knew about, but also didn't really dig into or was kind of just not ready to. But, you know, we're always ready when it's time, I feel. And so I, I'm glad that I found you when I did. But when I found you, I was like, this, yes, let's go. <laughs> um, so talk to me. I would love to hear a little bit more about like, I know it's a longer ex exploration um, as much detail as you want, but what led you to the work that you're doing now, which is really what I feel the full package of inner child work, plus um, the feeling, the feelings in a way that a lot of people don't quite know how to tap into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and that's kind of the, the difference between people here, inner child work, and it's, it's used so much and it's kind of like the word wellness. <laughs> it just could mean so many yeah. different things. Yeah. Uh, so inner child work, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm taking care of my inner child. I'm playing and I'm uh, doing fun things. And they consider that inner child work or saying affirmations. I, you know, I love and appreciate myself and uh, I'm enough and things like that. And what's, what is, what's missing really um, is feeling the feelings and feeling the deeper repressed feelings uh, and knowing how to access them. And so my life's it's my life's work. My, my own personal uh, healing journey led me to developing the whole process that uh, is called core emotional healing. And uh, really, my symptoms is what kept, uh, it kept coming back. I had uh, chronic candida symptoms, uh, digestive problems, and they just kept coming back no matter what I did. And m the majority of people who come to me are also experiencing the same thing. And they usually find me exactly when they're ready to do the deeper work, just like you. Um, and so, you know, I think, it, yeah, it takes um, a certain level of self-awareness to do this work and inner resources. So I do feel like the everything that most people do until they find me has helped them and prepared them to do the deeper work. Um, and just like me, I had uh, been trying to heal myself on a physical level uh, for like almost 20 years. I was super focused on health since I was a teenager. I was always eating healthy and working out and going to the chiropractor and getting colonics even when I was 20 years old. And I continued to have these chronic symptoms that first started off with BV and yeast infections and bloating uh, and other things, uh, congestion, sinus infections. Uh, I would get the flu um, every year. And 
so I started taking supplements and changing my diet in my 20s, specifically to address candida. And uh, I was not really, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just doing what I read. So there's so much information out there that's just like, change your diet, take mm-hmm. some antifungals. Yeah, no so car. This, yeah, so no pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was like, um, um, I'm doing it, but I wasn't really doing it. And I didn't really know what it was all about because I needed to continue to learn, um, which happened for the next 10 years. Uh, so I was, I was trying to heal from candida for a very long time. And at the same time, I caught myself in relationship patterns. And so when I was 30, I married someone who was the most abusive uh, relationship that I had. And I left him after three months. And that was kind of my wake up call with my relationship patterns. And I said, oh, what made me choose him? And what made me choose all of them. And that's when I started doing the deeper uh, subconscious work of looking at patterns that formed from in my childhood. And I did experiential therapy, I did coursework. And the first course that I took, it was like a weekend workshop. It was so eye-opening. That was my first experience with inner my, my connection with my inner child, actually, because up until then, I was unconsciously looking for a man to be the authority. And so I was just, that's what I learned as a child, my father. And I just kept ending up with men like my father. And, uh, and so I was completely neglected in all of that. And so I learned, oh, I can be the authority. I can make decisions for myself that are better for me. So that's where it kind of all started, but it was so eye-opening that I said, what else don't I know? Mm -hmm. And that really led me on like for the next almost eight or so years of just this, uh, I I actually made, I made my business be all about healing and researching healing resources. And I, um, at that time, went to every course that this one uh, place in Atlanta offered And I assisted in those courses and I did that for four years and I shed so much of this false personality. Uh, I was in corporate sales. I was successful. I made a lot of money. I spent even more money. I was very materialistic. It was all about what I had, how I looked. Uh, And I was seeking, you know, this, I guess I was trying to feel good enough um, underneath it all, Um, but I never did. And so I was constantly um, looking outward. And, uh, but through that course and all of that, I started getting to know my true self and uh, my gifts. And I became a journaling facilitator to help people um, get to know themselves and learn how to take care of themselves and listen to themselves and work through some you know, old ways of thinking and limiting um, beliefs and excuses and things like that. So I started empowering people as I was empowering myself at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and then I, my, you know, this old self was like splitting off from me and I just couldn't function in that life anymore that I had created uh, that was totally formed from compensating from not feeling enough or lovable. And, uh, so I started just releasing all of that. I let go of my 
corporate sales job. I created my own business. I uh, sold everything that I owned. And then I just followed my heart, which was like a calling to go to Thailand. So oh, wow. I just didn't know what was there, but it was just uh, calling me for years. And after I sold everything, I said, oh, now this is my opportunity. I didn't have a mortgage or a car or all these bills anymore. I just felt like freedom to go on this um, adventure that I, it was like the into the unknown. Mm. So I lived, I lived out of two suitcases for three years and I continued to research healing, healing modalities. Uh, I ended up on this island called Koh Samui in Thailand, which was full of healing. It had like 14 detox and cleansing retreats and 30 different healers and I was a consultant for them and I worked with people who were going through it to help them bring more self-awareness of why they were doing what they were doing and how they wanted to live when they went back. And, and then I really came face to face with the reality of my systemic candida at that time too. I was like, oh, I have a major problem that I haven't really focused on or fully addressed. And it was so bad. I had major brain fog. I couldn't finish all these creative projects. I was like the happiest I've ever been and I couldn't like think. So at that point, I just said, I will do anything to heal this candida. And I set that intention. It was like the next day someone handed me the body ecology diet and it was like all these resources started coming to me. And it was like step by step. Okay, I did the diet. Okay, improved somewhat. I still had a lot of emotional eating, a lot of cravings, a lot of stuff. I I didn't know what to like how to handle my emotions at that point, and my symptoms just kept coming back. So even though I was strict with the diet for like a year and a half, totally strict, just like vegetables and some fish and, and that's it. No fruit even. It was horrible living oh, wow. in Thailand without any tropical fruit. Oh but, my gosh. Yeah. That is. <laughs> yeah. You're committed. Yeah. Well then I was like, I, you know, it was like how I lived. Right. It was, yeah. it was like, I was so strict with myself. That was kind of easier for me to do. I get I was that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I relate. And after, yeah. And after all, I'm like, man, I wasted all, all those years <laughs> punishing myself with restricting my food because it wasn't about the food. So I, I found out, you know, years later, but um, yeah, I just kept on noticing though, because I've always had a gift with seeing patterns. And even when I was a, a kid, I would see kind of the, the root of patterns. And so I would just reflect and notice, huh, when I'm in this state, my bloating gets worse. Oh, okay. When I don't feel like I can do it and I get my power away, my bloating gets worse or my candida flares up. So I just kept like seeing like, oh, when I'm not, so I, I kind of noticed all of that. Um, but I didn't know how to get to it. I didn't know how to address it. So I just kept going to like energy healers. And I mean, you name it, I did like 50 different healing modalities when I was there. A lot of them helped like heal my heart. I did some family constellations and a lot of them helped heal me and, and, and open me more and more to feeling my feelings. Um, I worked with this emotional therapist before I left Thailand that finally helped me get to my repressed anger 
and really, really address it. Um, and I, I did that. Uh, I had done some anger work um, in the courses I did, but this was like me doing it with myself and with my inner child, which is different. And, uh, and then I went through a process with my inner child, uh, with a lot of journaling and emotional releasing and, and it shifted a lot for me to the point where I, everything looked different. And I, like, I kind of lost another part of this false personality of mine that was still trying to, it was like still trying, I was still trying uh, so much to be uh, loved and needed and good enough. So I left and I went to San Francisco and man, <laughs> it, things got really, really hard when I left Thailand. It was like um, what they, how they describe leaving an ashram, you know, the ashram's very safe, nurturing, and then you go back into your old life and all the triggers are still there. And so that's what happened when I went back into the U.S. and then I was around my family again. And I went actually, because I started opening more and more when I was in Thailand, in healing, I was open and then I was feeling things, but I didn't know how to work with them. And I went into some major triggers and deep, dark depression when I was in, when I was back in the States and I didn't know what to do, what was going on, um, how to take care of myself. And this is a major, you know, uh, reason why I developed the core emotional healing process, which is delivered in a lot of lessons and how to do this and how to work with it because these are the things that everyone needs to know. It's not just about going to a therapist or going to a healer uh, or a course. You know, there's things that we need to know how to um, take care of our feelings on an ongoing basis uh, in, the, in the triggers and, and all of that. So uh, I left San Francisco after like six months. I worked with the holistic community and I helped connect them there. And I was, I was trading a lot. So luckily I was doing a lot of work in the holistic community to help support what was happening with me personally. And um, then I ended up in Costa Rica. I live in Costa Rica now, but uh, back then it was, uh, so that was nine years ago. I did a 30 day water fast. Whoa. <laughs> so I, I was really like, exper I wanted to experience everything to know what worked. Um, and I, I yeah. was just... The testing, yeah, you are your own yeah. pig, you know? Yeah, I, I like literally researched healing around the world. And um, so I, I was like, okay, I, I did a lot of shamanic healing in San Francisco that helped with some things. Um, and then I came to uh, Costa Rica to do this 30-day water fast. Because I was like, well, maybe this is, you know, what they talk about and how they promote it is like, it's your body's just going to heal itself. And yeah, well, it didn't. But <laughs> I, I had a good experience. I connected to my heart. I wrote some rap songs. I got creative. But uh, <laughs> but my body was like super depleted. And, you know as you probably know, like I was already emotionally depleted. So the things that when we're like 
feeling bad about ourselves on an unconscious level where we don't feel good and we feel like we need to fix ourselves, we tend to do things that are more punishing, mm-hmm. um, which makes matters worse. It's like restricted diet, more exercise, more starvation. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So which, you know, triggered, I had bulimia most of my life since I was a teenager and it would come and go. And so like when I was doing the candida diet, my, my bulimia would flare up um, because I would have all these emotional um, emotions and that's all I knew of how to cope with them, yeah. deal with them. And then the same thing happened after the water fast. I started eating again. Then I had all these emotions and cravings and depletions and feelings. And I was binging and purging and I was like, oh my God, when is this going to end? And so I um, went back to Atlanta because a client saw like my YouTube videos and my journey and everything and wanted to work with me. And he wanted me to, you know, design like a personal kind of detox for him. And so I went, he brought me back to Atlanta three years, exactly the weekend I left to go to Thailand. So here, here I was full circle and I went right back into the same relationship pattern um, that I was trying to heal from, from my ex-husband who was abusive. And I actually spent seven years single during that whole healing journey with all the courses in Atlanta and then the whole world tour. So that was this period of seven years where I was solely focused on healing. And I get in a relationship with another narcissist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I was like, okay. I saw that it wasn't good for me. I saw the pattern, but I was like, I couldn't, I would, wasn't really with him, but I would, couldn't stop saying no to him every two months. <laughs> and every time I would I was with him. I was disconnected from myself. My money would stop. My bloating got worse. Um, And then at one point, it was, you know, it got to be, I went into a trigger with him when it was, uh, I was feeling some feelings and being, I was like crying about something and and then he called me a victim and it was like, oh my God, I like went home and I was bawling, crying on my bathroom floor. And like, there was like yeast pouring out of me. <laughs> Sorry for the gr- disgusting oh, graphic, but no. it was, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it important. Was, yeah. It was just like, oh my God, this is emotional. And I, and I knew it, you know, along the way, but it was just a confirmation at that point. I said, you know, at this point I was like really controlling my diet still, you know, during this period of like two weeks or whatever. And I was like, I know now it's confirmed that it was emotional. It wasn't anything I was eating. And this is about something that's still, that's something that I still need to learn and to deal with because I'm still involved with this pattern. Um, So it turns out, you know, I was, I was trying to address both, but actually addressing both all both had the same root cause and that was my wounded inner child who needed me to continue to help her feel lovable and good enough and really get to some more repressed emotions that it was triggering and reparent myself so that's the other thing it's like there's a lot of missing pieces i see in um when working with inner child work or even with 
healing, trying to heal from physical symptoms that are emotionally based. And then also just, you know, healing patterns and things. There's these pieces that are necessary and they all go together. And that's when I developed core emotional healing um, because it addresses all of those pieces of mm. the getting to the core emotional wounds and reparenting yourself um, and working with triggers on an ongoing basis and, and seeing the triggers and the symptoms as healing opportunities. Mm. Uh, so, so it's a process that I teach others to learn to do because the ongoing support, like knowing how to support yourself and listen to your feelings and take care of them is the key in all of it. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. All that. That <laughs> it was, was a long story. <laughs> so it really ties in so much. And, you know, just kind of the first thing that came to me, you know, I just wrote notes as you were talking of kind of the ego death that you and I talked about of like, <laughs> you know, the phases of that death, how, mm. you know, there's so many parts of us that want to grow and expand. And maybe that I feel like is probably so relevant right now, especially because so oh. much of our ego is tied up in our output and mm. we're not able to do anything and we're not able to go out or we're not able to, you know, kind of satisfy that need. And so it's, yes. It's, feeling. So what does that, what might that be feeling like for somebody during the time, this, you know, crazy time we're in with Corona virus, mm. like what could ego death or maybe this ego, yeah. Yeah. what it needs look like? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What a, what a perfect way of describing what could be happening for people is this, it's um, the ego death happens after you start doing the work to take care of your true needs and letting go of what is what, what we call it is the adaptive self um, which is the false self so it's what was formed to try to get your needs met so that's so right now the false or adaptive self with a lot of people is they're like freaking out um, because they can't get their needs met and it's forcing them to feel, uh, or they could be feeling, uh, a, a lot of things that they haven't felt. So let me give you an example. Um, an adaptive self or um, false self is maybe the people pleaser or codependent. Uh, so someone who's always giving and uh, supporting other people uh, and not taking care of themselves or at their own expense. Uh, so say they're, they're really busy um, working, taking care of the kids, taking care of husband or spouse, uh, friends, whoever's in need. And then so now if they're maybe not working or not interacting at an office, they're home alone. So that part of themselves that was formed to feel loved and valued by doing those things is most likely freaking out and feeling bad about themselves because they're not doing that. So, um, so it's connecting them to their true feelings that needs to be taken care of from childhood, like mm -hmm. not feeling loved and valued. Um, let's see what other, uh, yeah. I mean, just people who are used to being busy is just a distraction from their feelings too. Totally. So, yeah. 
When I think of, and it kind of ties into what you said of like, um, how you felt your anger. And one thing you mm-hmm. talk about in your course is how, and, and with me too, is like, your sadness is probably still waiting for anger to tap through. Um, and so I want to maybe just to say, okay, well, if we're sitting at home and maybe these are the things that are happening, we're not getting what we need. We're not staying as busy. So we're starting to feel this kind of anxiety. Uh, mm-hmm. What? And I, we obviously, the meditation, which is in Empress is a great way to kind of, of course, get mm-hmm. into that. But what other ways for somebody that's like, wait, what even is this type of connection with Hmm. this inner person, this inner child, this inner self. Uh, How do you help explain that first step for somebody that's brand new to this? Uh, So, well, first of all, I want to talk about what could be happening right now that could also be a distraction from the true feelings. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what could be happening for a lot of people is that they're distracting themselves by focusing again on the outside. So what's happening out in the world. And like, uh, of course there is valid reasons to be worried right now for a lot of people who are out of work and they have kids uh, and there's, there's valid (laughs) stresses that are currently happening. Uh, So, but also the distraction can be just the focus on the virus and the world and people dying. And, you know, so I, my first suggestion for everyone is to um, tune that out, Mm -hmm. not to um, not keep up with what you need to do, of course. So, but this is more like detach from the energetic and emotional um, impact it's having. So, okay. So this is happening, but you have to surrender to what's happening. So there's, you, there's nothing you can do about it right now. So letting that go, what can you do? So detaching it from, it could be just shutting down your computer, not watching the news, um, not engaging in people's social media posts that are constantly talking about it and just coming into a more of a quiet, uh, place and and taking some uh, time alone is really important right now of just tuning into what's happening inside of you that's not about what's happening outside but what how do you feel um, what is you know just really exploring these feelings and one thing to do would be to start journaling how you feel um, how do you feel about yourself how do you feel about um, what's important to you uh, and what you've wanted to do that you haven't done or what you've been doing that you don't want to be doing kind of just like sorting through all this and just to kind of keep going and tracing it back to your childhood Um, and uh, maybe some feelings you've always felt about yourself or beliefs uh, you know where they came from in childhood so if you feel inadequate or that you're never supported or you don't feel valued you can go and start writing about when you felt that way in childhood what was happening and you can start getting to the feeling your true feelings um by doing that um i love that yeah one and i just that popped up one of the things that came up when i did this was that I didn't even know was there. And I am so glad that it surfaced because it's just like you give yourself permission to start 
thinking, okay, what could be there, right? And that alone opens the door. And it was this belief of, I think I have been told or I had the story in my head, probably from certain teachers when I was little, um, that I was way too much, that I was mm-hmm. just too much to handle. I was too, and, and that's a trigger for me in my adult life, right? Like if I feel like too much for somebody, I, it turns, you know, it's, it was so powerful. That was the biggest one that I felt like your work helped me break through. Mm. And there's still so much, I think, you know, and that we'll get to that point of talking about the work and how it's kind of <laughs> ongoing thing. Um, Mm. but that was a huge one as just an example for someone, you know, for me personally to be like, Oh my God, like that is a self-limiting belief. Right. And Mm. I didn't even realize I had it, but what could exist if that goes away? And that's just one example of many of the thoughts that you can like really dig, dig, dig deep into that have been so life-changing. Great example. I love it. I can relate to that as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there's so much, uh, yeah. And everyone's going to be different and some people will need help getting to it because when you start going back into your childhood, there can be a lot of, um, defenses is ego defenses, what they're called. It's ways that we protected ourselves from feeling what we needed to feel or actually acknowledging and realizing what was going on. So it can be anything from totally denying what was happening and then creating a story that my parents loved me and supported me and my childhood, I had a happy childhood and there was nothing wrong. Uh, I said that (laughs) in my first course, (laughs) (laughs) even though I knew so many things were wrong, but, um, and, and also it, it doesn't have, you don't have to have an abusive childhood to have a lot of emotional wounds. Uh, and your parents can still love and support you and you can still have a lot of emotional wounds. So it's yeah. not, that's the other thing. A lot of people may look back or, or hear us talking about this and saying, Oh, I don't need to do that. And, and it's like, well, everyone does no, no parent. I mean, our, no one's parents were emotionally truly emotionally healthy and supportive. Uh, So it can just be these patterns that keep getting passed down where your mom was, may have been codependent and just like a people pleaser, just super nice to everyone all the time. And she just needed you to be happy for her to feel better or for her to feel okay about how she was feeling because she was repressing so much. And it could just be, you know, your father could be a, um, needed you to achieve and be perfect. And, you know, that's how you felt loved. And so what happens is your true self and your feelings get repressed. And then that forms the belief that there's something wrong with me. If you, you know, if you're not these things, um, but you actually feel that there's something wrong with you anyway, because all, because of all the repression of your true self and expression and everything. So, yeah, there's a lot to explore um, and with each person to acknowledge and validate. I mean, that's really what the work is. It's you may know um, 
what happened. Maybe a lot, a lot of people have already been in therapy and they're aware of what was wrong, uh, but they haven't emotionally worked it out yet. So the, the core emotional healing process is really about getting to the source of symptoms and patterns and triggers through going into the core emotional wounds and expressing feeling, well, first <laughs> acknowledging and validating it, your feelings and then feeling them and expressing them. Um, because once you feel them, then all the things that formed from that wound, which is false, like false beliefs and the adaptation can shift very easily. And so what I, you know, what most people are doing is coming at it from the top instead of the core. So coming at it with like what the symptoms are or the, what came from the core wound and like trying to change it through even tapping EFT. It's like trying to shift it instead of just fully feeling this. Um, Yeah. I love because it's everything you're saying. It's like you have, and that's what you do. And that's kind of with any healer. It's like the work of feeling yourself and with other people or whoever you work with um, that you're safe, right? The the safety mm-hmm. and nurturing, which I just instantly, I think you embody without even people talking to you. So I just am really appreciative of that. Is you oh, said thanks? Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. You said something that kind of, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but it actually was pretty profound for me. Just as I know, I um, a lot of listeners are practitioners, whether they're personal trainers or they do work with people. And you said something so it shifted away from me to reframe, I guess is the best way to explain it. Because I think um, once again, you know, when you're looking at phasing out this ego and the ego deaths that kind of happen and going from the helper and healer uh, to realizing that it's just how quickly it ties into that type of persona that might not necessarily be true to your gifts. And you said something in this, in one of your courses of how, when you're looking at, or people are coming to you and wanting to do the work, they are either one, they're trusting, they, they are ready to get into that. They feel that safety. They feel that um, security and nurturing. And they're just like, yes, I'm ready. And then the second kind of group, and maybe there's more, but the one that stuck out was this like sense of what can you show me? Like, what do you have? Like almost looking at you with one eye kind of squinted, right? Like, is this actually going to work? And I feel like that was so helpful for me to reframe of like, well, one, where am I doing that to other people? Like, am am I having that kind of sense of you have to prove something to me to trust you to mm. anybody in my life, whether that's on social media or a TV show or an interview, you know, how easy it is in a world of so much content to start to get skeptical. Um, mm. And so when it comes to like people that are truly putting out good stuff, how we, we forget that that could sometimes be the barrier between us feeling the what we really need to feel like the opportunity is right there for so many of us, but that hesitancy is sometimes more inner than we realize. And so I thought that was like just a good observation that I had never really thought of before. So I really was grateful that you said that and I, you know, what it means for people. I'm not sure, but just a unique perspective. uh, Yeah. Let me, um, that's a, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, it's, it's really important. And also it's important to distinguish 
the difference. Um, and like you said, if someone's not ready, they're going to be not, they're going to feel uh, resistance to working with me or, you know, whoever, um, if they're not ready for that specific work. Uh, so that's okay. Like if someone is in a lot of resistance with me, it's not going to work. Mm. Uh, and so, but then there's a group of people who actually follow everything I do and say, and they're just, they believe in it. And then there's the kind of the wounded inner child that flares up and is like, yeah, well, this isn't, you know, whatever that comes up with some reason to not do the work. And that's something to explore is like, if they feel the strong residence with residence with me and my work and what I'm saying to trust that and then to acknowledge the, 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 the excuses that come up um, of just like the, the wounded inner child who's wanting to still not deal with the stuff or to not feel it. Uh, so that's kind of the difference of like, if you really feel strongly towards the work, you may still feel afraid and that's normal to feel afraid and feel not ready, you know? Right. If, so you can feel both at the same time, like the strong, like, oh, this is it. And then to feel scared, which could come up with, I'm not ready. Maybe I don't need it. Maybe I can do it myself. You know, those type of things to just go, oh, okay, this is just the fear talking. Oh, every, and what's what you, your tagline, right? Every trigger and symptom is a gift. And I, yes, oh, it's just incredible to like truly be able to see it as such, even though it takes a little bit to get there. It, because when we look at like, in our world, we have to reframe in order to, to truly be, you know, we, there's just so much heaviness around us. And so if we constantly just see that negativity or we ourselves are seeing this work as, let me see all my problems. <laughs> like it's, it, it will quickly shift us from not, I mean, that's not a healing space. And so it's just one really positive way of saying it is the beautiful thing that's keeping you between where and how big you can go. Um, oh yes. You know, it's like, oh, it's just so. Like you I, can have a completely different life, you know? Um, yes. I, I didn't finish my, actually, I forgot to tell you like what happened, you know, after I did that big piece, you know, to finally address the root of my candida symptoms, why they kept sticking around. Um, after I did that, I met my soulmate three months later. So I addressed the relationship pattern that was triggering my symptoms. And then I received what I had never felt in my entire life, which was true love and support. Mm. So my husband, um, you know, is a clinical and transpersonal psychologist. So talk about alignment and feeling supported <laughs> and to process my stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was like, whoa, I never even thought about being with a psychologist. This totally makes sense for me. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it was like, oh, okay. And then so I've truly healed that part that needed to be healed of feeling loved and supported, lovable and, mm -hmm. and, and worthy of support. 
and and then he actually was the first person who saw my gifts and he was the one that showed me who I was like truly uh, he has a gift in doing that for people and so I was like whoa like the gifts just kept coming and coming and coming and he helped me develop the core emotional healing he defined it you know he saw what I put together and he's like this is brilliant like mm. you put together a whole model of healing and I didn't know what I did you know I just but he was good at defining models and um and so yeah so then he helped support me and feeling loved and then my business and then we we worked together now and you know I have not had any um candida symptoms or digestive problems or emotional eating uh or any um any like com compulsions or like addictions and things like that since i did that core work seven years ago now i've been feeling all of my feelings and processing triggers on an ongoing basis but it was like i stopped blocking myself from doing that I, I learned how to take care of my feelings and then now i just feel my feelings instead of numbing them or avoiding them in different ways um and i never thought I would ever not emotionally eat. I just thought that was who I am and that's how I am and people eat differently. And, and so there's like a lot of things that happened that completely shifted. I was like, wow, I just had no idea I could ever feel this way or live this way. And, you know, now we're living our dream in Costa Rica. You know, we are here now full time. We bought our dream house that we both envisioned three years ago and it's better than we even imagine we still feel like it's not real it's so it's so incredible and gorgeous and we're just like what almost every day <laughs> oh i love it so much it's kind of it's like why can't we have vacation every day you know right <laughs> well why wait or why only feel good one week out of the year <laughs> i know i know and i know that feels very far for people, but I, it's, yeah. that's why you are doing the work you're doing and hopefully more people could tap into it. One thing I think I would love to ask and just for somebody, you know, and I guess this is for me too, but like the phases, right? Like mm -hmm. you shared your whole story, how many phases and times and turns it takes uh, yeah. when someone gets frustrated with that process. Is it just an act of learning patience? Is it just um, the support system? Is it maybe just a combination of everything? How do you help someone with knowing mm. who I'm very impatient, right? Like I want to, <laughs> I want to fix it all. And so what would you say to somebody like me? It's a great question. And it's so important. Be, it's actually the, one of the main reasons why I'm writing my book about the process right now. <sighs> Uh, what a great time for me to be focused on the book right now. Yes, <laughs> so, that's, amazing. That's, that's another gift. But anyway, uh, yeah. So I, the main thing is to set expectations and that's what I, I do with a lot of people and I do through my story a lot of times like in my workshops just to show what it's like and to be realistic with it. Um, the phases, you know, the, the core emotional healing, it begins with reconnecting to the repressed mm -hmm. feelings and to reconnect to your feelings and to learn how to take care of them. And then from there, a lot of times physical symptoms will shift because just the repression and the avoidance of that is creating the physical symptoms or pains in the body. 
Uh, so then the physical symptoms can shift. It doesn't mean you're done with the work. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle because they're like, I'm still dealing with a lot of stuff or, you know, things just keep happening or coming up and I'm, I'm emotionally eating or whatever they're doing. But um, yeah, it's phases. It's, it's like you, you first connect with the feelings and you learn how to take care of them. And then you start to feel how things have actually felt and like, oh, this relationship really isn't good for me or I need to set boundaries or, you know, so you start to listen more and more to your feelings and then, and then you can change the parts of your life that were, you know, you've, you've been engaged in different relationships or a job that is kind of, it was just mirroring your childhood experience that you now know is not good for you. And then, so you can start to change things as you're feeling your feelings. Um, and then we just did a virtual retreat that we were supposed to do in um, Costa Rica, actually, called uh, Embracing Your Authentic Self. So then that's kind of the next phase after you go through a lot of the emotional healing is to, um, to work with the adaptive self that I've mentioned and see uh, how it's getting in the way of living, you know, from your authentic self and your ideal life and putting yourself out there or, you know, a lot of people we work with are practitioners or healers and helpers and um, leaders and we help them kind of put themselves out there when they're, they're so used to hiding themselves and their gifts and, and their true expression. Mm -hmm. um, and so and then, and then maybe a lot of codependent, I work with so much, most people I work with are kind of codependent and in different areas. And, you know, I went through the different stages with my codependency. So I was codependent with men or I was not taking care of myself and my relationships with men. And, and, and it was always placing what they wanted first. Um, and at my own expense. And so when I healed that and I, and took care of my own needs and I didn't, you know, depend on a man to help me with anything, you know, like I, um, both my husband and I take care of our own emotional needs. So we're not dependent with each other with that, but we can support each other, um, in terms of help process things, of course. Um, but then I had to go through codependency with friendships where I was still doing a lot of stuff like where I needed to be the one that always helped and they were always needing me to help them. And, um, and then I also found myself not speaking my truth, uh, cause I couldn't with my mom. So then that would, I kind of had some women friendships where I couldn't speak my th truth and I, you know, they were more, uh, um, I, I, I was afraid to hurt them just like I was with my mom. And so uh, it just kind of like, it's just like this ongoing process where like all of a sudden you become aware of it. And it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. It was just another <laughs> thing. And so once you clear it, then like this other aspect comes forth and I'm like, Oh, now I speak my truth, but it was affecting even how I did business and my power with my clients, just a relationship being in a one relationship with a girlfriend did <laughs> so it was like wow. this my power just kept growing and <clears throat> excuse me it was kind of like 
Oh, I didn't need water. What you were sharing about being too much. Oh, well, I can't speak my truth and really say what I'm seeing or feeling because I don't want to be too much or hurt this person. Yeah. Um, but then it was affecting how I lived my life and, and everything. Um, and then, and then with work and clients, I went through many stages where I was codependent with my clients and giving, giving, always being available to them and, and not to myself. And at one point I had to change the way I did business. I actually let go of all of my programs and retreats and had a clean slate, no money coming in. Uh, and I just trusted that by giving myself space, then inspiration would come again. Cause I felt blocked with my inspiration and I wasn't creating anything and I need to be creating. And so, um, so that changed everything. And so I created everything that I do now from that year where I just let, let it come. <laughs> wow. And then, uh, then I really felt like truly that I was taking care of myself and I didn't have to work hard. So it's like, yeah, this, this happened over, you know, I talked about seven years ago was when <clears throat> I did that core work with my inner child and then never stopped doing the work and still there's stuff that comes up. Um, but more and more, I'm more coming from my true self. A lot of parts of myself have been coming up because I'm in the right pla place and I have space and I'm happy and I'm just like expressing my creativity where I haven't as much like in my past. And I just discovered uh, this absolute love and gift I have for photography and oh. it's like the most exciting thing for me and <laughs> I just absolutely love it, it but like in a, it's my own thing it's my own art I didn't you know it's just my I could see it, it's just my own thing that I have and and I actually said my whole life that I wasn't creative and something happened when I was young that like shut that down and I used to actually come home from preschool and I would go you want to see my pictures you want to see my pictures and it's so funny because that's all I do now I'm like hey honey do you want to see my pictures <laughs> oh my so it's like I feel like I've, I've like integrated my inner child that was parts of my inner child that were shamed or hidden yeah. um, that's now expressing and coming out and just like the silliness that I have and I do like write rap songs and I do like all kinds of stuff yeah well the parallels I just am so grateful for because mm -hmm. they, I relate to so much and when I what you just said about space when I first I mean I just exactly what you said I, it was like okay I gotta trust I gotta let go of all of this and just trust that it will come back and it will come back in the way that it's supposed to um, but it just mm -hmm. such a release and such a Oh my gosh. I mean, the, the hardest thing I've ever done, you know, and really allowing that space to occur so that when I was ready, it just flew out of me and it, and it's liberating and fun and blissful. And I just mm. can't, I, I can't express it. You know, it seems so probably far and kind of, it almost sometimes feels like, you know, we're just like making things up sometimes with how happy life can be, but I just, <laughs> I know that it's, um, all of us are worthy of that. So it's just helpful to hear stories and knowing that it starts with the work inner, you know, how powerful mm -hmm. is that, that that all begins 
with dealing with the things we already have inside and with the space we have in the world we're living in right now. Um, what a perfect time, just how we started. What a perfect time to, <laughs> to dive in. It, it is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah. For the people who have done a lot of work, I'm sure they're a lot of, you know, inner work. I'm sure they have a lot of insight into, oh, this isn't working anymore. And this isn't, and for the people who haven't, it's the time to do the inner work. Yeah. And because you're not going to be clear with what's working, what's not, because you're still operating out of your adaptive self. So you can't even see things clearly. So that's why you need, you know, the, 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 the first stage is needed, which is the core emotional work. Oh, and I, you know, especially cause I'm, you know, I want to shed as much light to other people with products, especially like your much mitra, matria, sorry, matria. Oh, matri. Yeah. Matri Verde. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed. So I have lion's heart. I have shadow flower essence. I have the essential oils. I'm going to link that all in the podcast notes. There's just so many tools. I think in addition to finding how you yourself are going to access it, um, mm-hmm. I know you mm-hmm. and your husband do retreats once that starts again, even plant medicine, mm-hmm. all of this is stuff that can help. So if you feel very unsure hopefully you jumped into empress started the inner guidance meditation and alicia miller e-l-i-c-i-a miller.com you have so many resources free and available um there's just so much to dive into and when you're Mm -hmm. ready as my listeners for my listeners when you are ready and hopefully you are ready because you made it to the end of this podcast um it means to follow that like follow those little intuition pokes because there is so much magic on the other side. Uh, Excellent. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing all of this information and resources. Um, It's so important right now. And I'm so grateful for you and for everyone who's willing to do this work because it will change your life and everyone around you, your whole family um, and the patterns that need to shift now. Yeah. Oh, Alicia, you're amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we met. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. <laughs>